0: Father, we thank you for those that have gathered with us today in order to bless your name. We've sung together, we've prayed together, we've given together. Thank you, Lord. And so, God, as we look into your word, we ask that you will just reveal your glory to us in an even greater depth. And, Father, as we remember what you've done for us, that we will solidify that, God, by rehearsing rehearsing it over and over in our mind that you will be glorified in all things. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We are on the third episode, the third part of the series, Remember. And if you recall, when we started this, it was based upon our testimony service that we had in order to end the new year. And we had some wonderful testimonies of God's greatness throughout 2019. And we looked at a character in the Bible by the name of Naaman. And Naaman was a general who had a gross deficiency, which was leprosy. And he went through this process whereby God delivered him. And then we found in 2 Kings, the fifth chapter, the 15th and 19th verses, after God delivered him, he had a request that he made. And that request was... <clears throat> excuse me, was that he would receive some of the earth from Israel to take back with him to Syria. And it caused us to go down this avenue that we are calling remember. Because just like Naaman, sometimes it's good for us to remember what God has done for us. Especially when we get into diverse situations, diver conditions, when things seem to be going all kinds of ways crazy, it's good to remember. As the song says, he did it before, he can do it again. And so we started along this, and I got excited, so we ended up, instead of it being a one-part series, it's now up to three. We'll probably go to four (laughs) after I get done. And we talked about remembering being the ability to recall to the mind by an act or effort of the memory. And I loved the old way of saying it, to recollect, to recollect that thought, that thing that had happened before, to bring it back to the forefront. And so we are now transitioning from focusing on Naaman, which was a good person to focus on, and now I want to transition for, to us, a way for us to remember. In uh, Philippians, I'm sorry, in Psalms, the 119th chapter and the 11th verse, it says this. English Standard Version says it like this. It says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against against you. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And the point that david is making in this he says i have taken your word and i have put it in the center of who i am the heart is your center it's where your emotions It's where your logic It's where everything about you is and he says i have taken your word and i have stored it i have treasured it i have placed it in the center of who i am so that when things come i will not fall short of your expectation of me. Sin is nothing more than missing the mark. Missing the standard that God has set for you. That's that's what sin is. It's missing the standard. Missing the point that God has for us. His point is for us to live holy and righteous before him so that we can be an example to others. So we have stored up, David said, stored it Put it in there. Um, my grandmother's house, we called it the basement, but she called it the cellar. And I've discovered the difference between a basement and the cellar is the foundation. A basement is where you have dug everything out and you have constructed this whatever it is. It could be a finished basement, it could be an unfinished basement, but it's been constructed. A cellar, though, is where they go in and dig around the stone. And what, we, what I found out through research is the stone provides a nice cooling effect. Yes. And I couldn't figure out why we had to carry all the preserves down to the basement until we used to sneak down there and suck up some of that strawberry—I mean, that grape jelly and stuff—and then we get in trouble because we we couldn't take the stuff back upstairs and wash it. Cause then you, but then when it came time to do the next set, Grandma was like, "Who been down here eating my preserves?" <laughs> like I tell you if you look straight and don't say nothing, they might not think it's you. But when you got grape stuff all over your face, then you know it's. A, but my point is, when I think of how David was saying, he was, he was. I get the picture in my mind of this cellar. This, this part of me that I keep things that I want to keep for a long time. And he's saying, put the word in that spot. Put, that, put the word down in there so that when times come that try to pull you away from my standard, pull you away from my mark, you can go down there and grab one of them P- preserved. Uh, oh, man, that apple jelly was really good, y'all. I'm going to oh, tell Lord. y'all, boy, that, Whoo! <laughs> <laughs> She's a little, little piece of apple in it too? Good Lord. But I'm sorry. But, uh, but the word can be like that for you. You can go down there and you can say, oh, man, I remember when God delivered, when God opened the door, when God yes. did these things for me. Yes. I remember. But some of us don't like going down into the cellar of our hearts because the other thing about that cellar, it was dark and it was cold and the bugs like living down there. You try to run every spider out of there, them spiders still showed up. And I remember the first time I walked down there. Now my grandmother had, the house was wood. But you knew you was on the cellar, in the cellar because the first step was stone. And it's the weirdest feeling to step off a of wood on the stone. And then when you look down, the walls are stone. And then you look down there because you wouldn't turn on the light, well, you know, we kind of, me and my cousins was kind of funny. We wouldn't turn on the light until we started going down the steps. We didn't turn on the light first of all. And there wasn't a light on the steps, it was down, down there, I think it was maybe two lights down there. And you would flip it on. And you go down there and it's nice and cool, and Grandma had all the stuff on the wall and all that stuff. And she also had some stuff down there. We'd go down there and play sometimes so we could go eat the preserves. But anyway, my point is, some of us have some things down in our cellar from past hurts, from past disappointments, that we need to go down there and pull out. But, but the thing about the way that we are designed, no matter how hard you try to pull that thing out, it don't come out the cellar. All the hurt, all the pain, all the anguish It will not come out of your cellar. But you know what you can do? You can build your little shelf over top of it. And you can start putting some preserves over top of it so you don't even have to see it anymore. And if you keep forgetting about it, guess what? You won't even know it's there any longer. And that's what the Word will do for you. The Word will become this shelf. It will become this Protection for you from the things that have bothered you in the past won't bother you anymore. The things that were driving you crazy about people won't bother you anymore. The things that were just irritating to you won't even be an irritant anymore. But you have to put something over to cover that thing. We all have a cellar. We all have this place of storage in our lives. And there's some work that we have to do. Because if you ignore it, it can start causing issues. I don't know how long, but I, know, I remember grandma would be like, we need to go clear off this shelf, because that's been down there long enough, and I don't want it to spoil. So there can be a length of time that some things need to be moved to a new location. When we brought the new stuff down, we put it in the furthest part. The older stuff moved up to the front part so that it can be eaten more readily. And so there's some maneuvering that we need to do. And that's why uh, David told God, he said, look at my heart, examine my heart so that I, I can make sure that I'm, I'm perfect. Sometimes we need to do a self-examination. We need to look at our cellar, our center, and go through and make sure that there's no things that are trying to come through that we might not need to do some work on, that we might need to cover up. And I don't mean cover up as in to hide it. I mean to cover it up so we can forget about it. Ain't that how they said? forget about it? You know, that kind of attitude. Because whatever we put in our cellars, stays in our cellars. Remember, I told you when God designed us, when he designed our minds, he designed it that it will not forget anything that comes to us through the five senses. And so you you have not forgotten anything that you have smelled, anything that you have tasted, anything anything that you have touched, anything that you have heard, or anything that you have seen. Your ability to recollect it may be diminished, but it's in your mind. And so we need to begin to do things to cause it not to be able to jump up to the front of our mind when we run through some type of tragic situation. So I said all this to talk about what we're going to do today. I believe that the Word of God helps us to overcome anything that is going against us. I actually had to, I was blessed to have a conversation just the other day with uh, an individual. And the question was, how can I be sure that the Word of God is true? And it's funny because I had just watched a video on Netflix called The Case for Christ. The Case for Christ, if you have not read the book or seen the video, I would recommend it. One of the things that The Case for Christ brought out was the fact that historically the Bible has more validation than any other written book. Have you ever heard of the book called the Iliad? The book called the Iliad has approximately uh, my numbers may be a little bit off, like fifteen hundred validating documents or uh, manuscripts or things that validated it. Whereby the Bible has approximately forty-five hundred things that validated, and so they use these manuscripts and documents to prove the veracity, the truthfulness of documents. And so we discover, if you see the movie, you some folks will say, well, what about the Quran? Well, the Quran was written 6,000 years after, 600 years, I'm sorry, 6,000, 600 years after the Bible or after Christ was crucified. While they have discovered that a lot of the things that were written according to the New Testament were written as early as 40 years after the incidents. If you happen to be an investigator, someone, you will understand that the closer to the event that you get the testimonies, the truer the testimony is. The other thing that an investigator will look at is the fact that you can get 10 10 people together and you can ask them, what happened at this event? And you will get 10 different versions. But one of the things that you look at is, how was it conveyed? Was everybody saying the same thing? If everybody, everybody's saying the same thing, then you can start saying they collaborated with each other. Mm-hmm. If everybody's saying something different based upon their perception, then you look at what is the center point of what they're discussing, and it provides you with credence to what actually occurred. Because one person say, yeah, they had on a blue coat. And you know, and they did this, that, and the other. And the next person say, that, oh, they had on a red coat. You're not worried about the cult. You're worried about what they did. You see what I'm saying? So sometimes we get wrapped around this being different, that being different. But is what occurred similar? For instance, this was in the movie The Case for Christ. The guy says, well, in Matthew, they said that the women went to and discovered that Jesus was no longer in the grave. He says, yes. And the guy was like, but wait a minute. Back in that day, the woman's testimony didn't even count. Women's testimonies didn't count. And so it was like, he was like, well, why would they say the woman's testimony? Why would he say a woman testified? Why didn't he say the men? He said, because he was being truthful. He said, okay, okay, okay. All right. Got that. He says, but in, the, in this book, he says that it was this woman and this woman. In this other book, he says it's this woman and this woman. And then in this other book, he says it's this woman and this woman. How can it be all these different women? And then that's when he brought out, he says, you being an investigative reporter, you understand that folks have different perceptions, but is the central event the same? Did all the women, no matter who they said the women were, say the same thing? And the guy was a little bit upset because he was trying to prove that the resurrection didn't happen. But that's the same thing. There's collaborating evidence throughout the Bible. Can you imagine this? And I brought this up before. Something that was written 600 years before the event. And the event occurs exactly as it was said that it would happen 600 years prior, exactly. He brings out that in order for just one of the things that was said in the Old Testament to happen during Jesus' time would be similar to you taking silver dollars. I know some of y'all don't know what a silver dollar is, but it's a little bit bigger than a quarter. And yeah, a little bit bigger than a quarter. It was, he said it was like taking enough silver dollars to fill up the state of Texas and to take one that you put a mark on and drop it in the center of those silver dollars and to be able to go in and pick out that silver dollar. That is the odds of that happening, just for one. He said what happened with Jesus was actually a hundred, I think it's a hundred and five different prophesied events that occurred in Jesus' time. And he said, We don't have enough stars to even tell you how many the odds of that occurring. So for this to have happened provides us with the ability to say that the Bible is most probably of all the ancient documents, the one that's true. And I'm not gonna go any further to apologize today because now somebody's gonna say, but some of the things that are written in the Bible were already done by some of the ancient folks. That, that doesn't change the fact that the Bible's true though. But we won't do that today because what I want us to get to is the fact that the Word of God can be trusted. The Word of God is true. And what I want to cause us to do as a family, as a body of believers is to know this, that God is good. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna use scriptures to validate that in your spirit. So what I am imagine as I was putting this together is that we're taking these scriptures and we're putting them in, a, y'all know what the little mason jars are? I know, I know I'm a little bit more country than y'all. Uh, mason jars is what you would use to put the preserves and stuff in, and you would take them down there and you, put under, you had to make sure you put the right date on the top so you know how to eat it and all that stuff. Each one of these scriptures is going to be like a little mason jar for you, and you just put it down there in your cellar so when you need it, you can pull it down, get you a little bit, you know, <laughs> eat you a little bit, close it up, put it back up there, right. right? Y'all talk about, uh, what's that stuff, chow chow? Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. homemade chow chow is, is, is good, but when it's, when it's been, in, been in the cellar for a little bit and got a chance to ferment just a little bit, it'll make you oh. it cut somebody especially when they eat the last bit of it. But anyway, (laughs) they can be like, Grandma! So what we're going to do is, I asked y'all to bring pencil and paper. If y'all remember last week, I asked you to bring pencil and paper because if I was to expound on every one of these scriptures, y'all would be here not till next Sunday, till the Sunday after that. So what I'm going to do is, I'm going to go for a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to go for about eight more minutes. And... I'm going to give y'all some scriptures. And I already know because I just went, did what I just did. We're going to finish up next week. Hopefully finish up next week. Unless some more scriptures come to my mind this week. Then I just add them and then we just keep going. I believe this is very, very important to the foundation for the rest of our year. I want us to be established in the word. So the first thing that I want to, want to point out to you is that God is good. God is good. Boop. Okay. These are the scriptures. First Chronicles, the 16th chapter, the 31st verse. 1 Chronicles, the 16th chapter, the 31st verse. 2 Samuel, the 7th chapter, the 28th verse. 2 Samuel, the 7th chapter, the 28th verse. Psalms, the 19th chapter, the 7th verse. Psalms, the 19th chapter, the 7th verse. Psalms, the 34th chapter, the 8th verse. Psalms, the 34th chapter, the 8th verse. Psalms, the 84th chapter, the 11th verse. Psalms, the 84th chapter, the 11th verse. Psalms, the 100th chapter, the fifth verse. Psalms, the 100th chapter, the fifth verse. Psalms, 145th chapter, the ninth verse. Psalms, 145th chapter, the ninth verse. Nahum, the first chapter, and the seventh verse. Nahum, the first chapter, the seventh verse. James, the first chapter, 17th verse. James, the first chapter, 17th verse. I see y'all still writing. I'd like to point out my two favorites of these. My two favorites are Psalms 84 and 11. Psalms 84 and 11. It says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Psalms 84 and 11. The other one that I want to point out is James 1 and 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights, mm, excuse me, Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God is good. God is good. Four more minutes. The next area is that God is not only good, but God is with us. God is with us. Deuteronomy 31 and 8. Deuteronomy 31 and 8. Joshua one and nine Joshua one and nine Isaiah forty twenty nine through thirty one Isaiah forty twenty nine through thirty one Isaiah forty three and two Isaiah forty three And two Psalms twenty three and four Psalms twenty three and four Philippians four six through seven Philippians four six through seven The two that I picked out of this is Joshua 1 and 9, and it says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, everywhere you go, there God is. The other scripture is Philippians, the fourth chapter, the sixth through the seventh verse. It says, do not be anxious about anything. I might want to say that again. Do not be anxious about anything. Mm -hmm. You might want to put that in the front of your cellar. (laughs) Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and... The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. I think that was another one you might have wanna have in the front of yourself. I mean, you everything might be in the front of your cellar, huh? All oh, these is good. When you start looking at them, you'll be like, oh yeah, I like that one. And and this is the whole this is my whole intention about this. I want to start you to start looking into the word and finding that the word will speak to you. Yes. All you gotta do is open the door mm-hmm. and you start reading them scriptures, you'll be like, oh wow, I know the pastor like this one, but I like this one, it's, it's all good with me. Like I said, some folks like, like apple jelly, some folks like grape jelly, some folks like strawberry jelly. Just make sure you put the jelly on the peanut butter and jelly sandwich or is just, just a peanut butter sandwich, and that'll cause you to choke. <laughs> Can I do one more? Yeah. The next one is, and I, I, I was laughing when I, when I thought of this one, God will provide. God will provide. So we talked about <clears throat> God is good, right? God is with us, and not only is he with us, guess what? He'll provide for us also. Psalms thirty four and ten Psalms thirty four and ten Proverbs three five through six Proverbs three five through six Matthew six thirty one through thirty three Matthew six thirty one through Thirty three Matthew seven, nine through eleven. Matthew seven, nine through eleven. Second Corinthians, nine and eight. Second Corinthians, nine and eight. Romans eight, thirty two. Romans eight and thirty two. The two scriptures I picked out of this set was Psalms 34 and 10. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. I got to say that again. That's encouraging to me. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good Good thing. My other scripture comes from 2 Corinthians, the 9th chapter, the 8th verse. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. That's good Bible right there. That's good Bible right there. We're gonna go ahead and stop there. Next week I have let's say one, two, three more areas to do, and we'll take care of those next week. Look at those scriptures. Meditate on those scriptures. Let me t- let me really quickly just tell you what meditation means. Meditation means to rehearse it over and over in your mind. That's all. You ain't got to sit cross-legged. You ain't got to sit bow-legged. You ain't got to sit any special way. Just keep rehearsing that scripture over and over in your mind. Listen to what that scripture is saying to you. Review these scriptures. And I'm telling you, as you start reading them in the version that you like to read in, those scriptures will start talking to you. And they'll be like, no, don't like that one, like this one. They'll start talking to you. And they'll start telling you some things. And they'll start revealing some things. They'll start showing you some deficiencies and show you how, through the scripture, how to overcome those deficiencies. And I'm just trying, I'm just, you know, I just want you to know. Because I believe that we should be equipped for every good work. I'm telling one of the scriptures, but we should be equipped. And the way for us to equip is to prep ourselves, gathering together, hearing the word, encouraging one another, provoking one another to good works. That's Bible also, in case you didn't know. Because that's how important God believes that this Bible is for us. It is, somebody says, the basic instructions before leaving earth. B-I-B-L-E. That's spell Bible in case y'all was a little slow. All right. Basic instruction before leaving earth and it provides us with an outline and a background, a blueprint on how to live. Father, I wanna thank you for this journey that we're on, this journey of locking your word into our lives and to our spirits so that we can have a reference point by which to overcome every work of the enemy. I thank you that you're equipping us and I thank you that you are causing us to sharpen our sword of the spirit so that we can defeat the enemy. Because the sword is not only an offensive, but also a defensive weapon by which we can gain victory. And as we continue to lock into these scriptures that it will cause our shield of faith to be more reinforced than ever, that we will walk more by faith than we do by sight. We thank you and we honor you for this time together. And let the words that have fallen upon our ears and into our spirit gain great root, that you will be glorified in all things. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.